If you're ready to dig into the word, say amen. amen. If you're ready to dig into the word, say amen. 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 When God plans a purpose, he always uses a man or woman. When he wants to change a family, he changes a person. When he wants to change a region, he changes a person. Keep this in mind when we move forward today. Amen. Amen. I agree with uh, with Len about this uh, text. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing text. Um, it's exciting to hear about David. Did any of you enjoy the clip that you saw about David? Got a chance to get some insight on David. And although that is the text and that's where we're going today, I just want to give you a subtext and just back up briefly. Is that okay? Um, I want to deal with 1 Samuel chapter 16, just one verse, if I may. That's okay. Just one verse. The scripture says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long? Everybody say, how long? How long? Will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. Tell your neighbor, be on your way. Come on, come on. I need, I need you guys to help me preach this this morning. Be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you. We praise you for allowing us to be in this house today. Some of us have come in here weak, wounded, hurt. Some of us are, 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 are weak in our body, but we're well in our spirit. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill our hearts today. We know that we can do nothing until we prove to you that we're weak. Because you said in your word that where we are weak, you are strong. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to try my hardest not to be before you long. Um, I've been chewing on this all week long. And I almost, I almost was not going to preach about this this week. I was going to preach something different. And it just kept coming back to me. And I said, man, jeez, Louise, you got to understand, like... Um, when we read in the scripture, we go from chapter to chapter and we think it happens like that, right? But if you look behind the history of what we're reading, there's years, there's years from chapter to chapter. So from 1 Samuel chapter 16, the 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, it's years, so many years. You're talking about from a standpoint of when David was 16 to when David was 30, and, 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 and so forth. You're talking about maybe 15, 14, 15 years just between two book, two book, two chapters. Amazing. Some, I mean, amazing to me. Don't worry. I'm not going to go through chapter 16 and chapter 17. Don't worry. But it's just like, how do you find the meat? It's so much meat. Have any, any of you ever had some really good chicken? Any chicken? I guess that's a black thing. Black people love chicken. But if you ever had some really good chicken and you got to eating that thing, you didn't leave. You, I mean, you left no meat on the bone. Am I right? Or maybe I'm the only one that's greedy. Okay. All right. 
So keep that in mind. I'm just trying to find this meat. How do I pull on to this word for you? There's a few points. Let's just let's set the atmosphere. Is that all right? Can I just set the atmosphere for you? I like to bring the word to life if that's okay. I'm going to be in teach mode today, so I'm going to go slow, and then I'm going to jog a little bit. It's going to be almost like a cardio workout. And many of you, sometimes when you go to Parksville at night, you say, oh, man, it was different. It was, I don't know what it's going to be brought out tonight, so I apologize if you don't get what they're going to get later. I'm going to try to do it the same way. Is that all right? I'm just going to give you what God gave me. So we got David. What do we know about David? David was a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy. He was a son. Someone gave birth to him. Mother, father. He was a brother. He was one of eight children. He was a friend. He was a good friend at that. Scripture tells you that his friend was Jonathan. They were very good friends. He was a servant. He served his father. He served his brothers which I'll get into that later. His, his, some of his brothers was in the army and went to war. So he served them. His father asked him to bring some things to his brothers on the front line. And he served their commander in chief. And he also served the king at the time, Saul. He played the harp. Whenever the evil spirit would come upon him, he'd get to playing the harp and it would calm Things down. He, David had an amazing anointing to change an atmosphere like that. You with me? Yeah. Four points I'm going to attempt to make today. Try not to look at your watch and hang in there with me. Those four points, I'll name them now and I'll just break it down. But he was a servant. Okay, we're talking about servant. We're going to talk about process. We're going to talk about fear. And we're going to talk about Elevation. Those are the four points I want to make today. Servant, process, fear, elevation. Let's look at the word servant before we get into this word. You d- look up the definition servant. It's a devoted and helpful follower or supporter. A devoted, helpful follower or supporter. So you think about David, that's, that's what he was. He was a servant. He was devoted. He was very helpful. He was a follower. He was a supporter. Let's look at this definition really quickly. Let's look at process. I look up the word process. It's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Very interesting. You have to look at this word process because although he was a servant, it's a shepherd boy, he also still had to be processed. It's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. There's another particular uh, definition under process if you look it up. It's a series of mechanical or chemical operations on something in order to change or preserve it. It's very interesting. It's a process. In order to change or preserve it. Many of us, we go through things in our life. And if you were like me as a kid, when we did get a chance to travel with my granddad, I'd always bug him. 
He was the driver. I mean, I, I know my grandfather, if he was here, if he was living today, he'd tell you that I got on his last nerves when we were in the car. He'd say to me, he'd call me by my middle name, Jermaine, go to sleep. That's what he'd tell me. Because I'd always ask the question, are we there yet? <laughs> we take drives from New Jersey to North Carolina. It's about 600 miles. It takes about maybe eight hours, eight-hour drive. And I always wanted to know, when are we going to get there and when are we stopping? I didn't like riding long. Many of us, we, we, we're willing to serve at some level, at some point. Some of us have the gift of servanthood. We love serving. It's okay. We love uh, being in that uh, atmosphere, but we don't always enjoy the process. I'm guilty of it. Processing don't always feel good. I like to think of a warehouse, maybe a pack, like a packaging center. And, and, and if you were uh, the canned meat, if you will, with just being stuffed into that can and then sliding you to the next person to wrap the label around you and then sliding you to the next person to drop the top on it and then sliding you to the next person to start piling stuff. And, and we get cramped like sardines. Process. Keep this in mind. But process is a series of mechanical or chemical operations on something in order to change or preserve it. I'll come away from that for a second. So I'll talk to you about definition of servant. Talk to you about process. Let's go to fear. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. Fear. I'm going to parallel park here just for one second. Is that okay, Josh? I'm just going to park. I know it's illegal. I'm supposed to be parking outside. I'm just going to park here for two seconds. A lot of us will have faith in fear instead of faith in God. I'm going to say this again. A lot of us will have faith in fear instead of faith in God. Faith in fear is faith in the wrong direction. I'm going to move the car now, okay? Where is he going with this? We're talking about David, and I haven't heard him mention David yet. Len, what is he talking about? I thought we were talking about David here. I'll get there in a second. Let's talk about elevation. The definition of elevation is height above a given level. It's height above a given level. So we have the, the servant. We have to be willing to serve. Have to be willing to go through a process. Cannot allow any type of fear to live or dwell among you. And you have to be ready for elevation. Can we get into the word now? Now that we set the stage. All right, good. So let's deal with, go back to servant, the point, but we're going into the word now. As I stated, David served his brothers. When you look at it, he was anointed at the age of 16. First of all, Samuel, back up a little. He could not believe 
the task that which was given to him. He said, listen, I need for you. Come here, Josh. Listen, homie. I need for you to go head down to Jesse's house. Right? I need you to shake it off. Okay? Stop worrying about this. I've rejected this guy. Okay? He doesn't want to do anything that I'm asking him to do. Just forget about him. It's all right. I need for you to go down to Jesse's house. There's a guy there that I want you to anoint, but I'll let you know who it is. Got it? Okay, be on your way. Thanks. There you go. Thank you, bro. How long will we mourn over people who've hurt us in our life? How long will we allow things that we've been through in our life from Yehi that we've carried with to bother us from getting up and doing what the Lord would have us to do? How long will we cry about an argument that you know you didn't start? How long will we cry about a conversation that you never intended it for to go in this manner, but it did, and now it's bothering you? We're up all night. We're stressed out. Don't know how to deal with this. We're looking for answers in other people instead of through Scripture and Christ and using people as confirmation. How long will you mourn? He says, listen, I have something that I need for you to do. I need you to get up, shake it off, and go forward because there's something else. There's an assignment in Bethlehem that I need for you to, 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 to go do. And we think about oil. And yes, it's runny. It's very, very rich. Oil is, ex- oil is expensive. Cooking oil is, olive oil is expensive. And we like the way it looks. We like how it looks. And we like, they tell me that it's healthier to cook with this, right? But you got to remember where it comes from. Before it's actually oil, it, it's small beginnings. It, those things got to be crushed and, and it comes from a hard place. It takes time. It's, it's a process before it actually becomes oil. I'll speed it up. So we get to this house and he gets anointed. Come here, David. Well, first, I need someone else. Come here, Mike Ryan. You stand here. You stand back up just a little bit. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Stop. I see you stand right here. You face everybody. So Samuel comes up and he sees the appearance. Kind of buff guy, you know, shiny head and everything. (laughs) And he thinks because of the appearance, surely this is the one. Looks good. Got some pearly whites going on in there. Surely this is the one. He almost screwed it up. He almost missed the mark. He got ready to pour it. And the Lord said to him, wait. See, you judge the outer. But he said, only I, not lefty. This is scripture. He said, only I know the heart. I judge what's on the inside. He almost missed it. Almost changed everything for all of us sitting in here today. Almost. You don't believe me? Go home and and, and look at it. Almost missed it. So he had to excuse him. Then he goes to the next one. Not it. Goes to the next one. Not it. Now you got to look at it because there was a total of eight boys. It could almost confuse you because if you go on Chronicles, it talks about he had seven. But if you look in the history around that time, Jesse had lost the son. So around that time when they wrote about it, there was seven. We're in Samuel. So there was eight still living. Okay. I just thought I'd give you some scripture. Lefty knows a little scripture. 
So, as he's approaching this, he, he talks to his father. Well, is there anybody else? Yeah, I guess, but uh, he's out tending sheep. I'd like to think that this guy was out in the field working hard. He had to have been stinking, responding persp- a little bit. Not that Cam is responding today. We just, he's, he's David right now. He said, well, the scripture said, well, go get him. We'll wait. We'll wait. We won't move on. I'm not in a hurry. I need to see this guy. So he comes in and immediately the Lord lets him know something in the spirit. There's things on the inside of you. You cannot be afraid. Charlotte just gave testimony to this today. You got to know that you know. It's something on the inside of you that just clicks. It's in alignment. It comes into sight vision with what it is that you need to do. You know the assignment. It just wakes up. It awakes in you like a bolt of lightning. Immediately it strikes and it's bright and it's whoa. My grandmother used to say, come away from the windows. Turn that TV off. Uh Uh-uh, turn those lights out. That's what my grandmother would say. And start lightning. So he finds him and he knows that he's anointed. So he anoints his head with oil. Luckily, I'm using my hand. I, I was going to bring some oil and I just didn't want to do that to you, man. I really did. And then watch this. He turns him and sends him back off to what? Serve. He's tending sheep. Here's the part that I like about this, though. He sends him back off to tend sheep. But while he's tending sheep, he's still being processed. Lefty, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he was a shepherd, and, 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 and after a few days, you know, sheep begin to know who you are. They begin to follow you. He's trying to make sure that they're getting in the right place. But it was a process because I forwarded just a little bit where he said that there were lions who tried to attack the sheep. And he had to protect the sheep. Just like a farmer, a farmer... A while back, I preached about, you know, gardening and farming. But a farmer is just not going to let you take everything that they own. It's just not happening that easily. So he had to protect the sheep. Fights off the lion, fights off the bear. But it had to have been hard. It had to have been, God, I don't, listen, I'm just trying to serve. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why every day there's a bear that's coming out. Because, listen, I've seen three bears since I've been here. One out on the boat with John and Dave. One on my street running up the block. One night on a Friday night, I thought it was the black Tahoe outside in front of my door, but it was the bear. And I don't think I would have been looking for no rock. (laughs) Okay. So can you imagine David? He's got to be saying, Lord, where are you? I look to the left of you. I cannot find you. I look to the right of you. Where are you? I need you to survive. I need you. I need you to pour into me and let me know that you care. Pour into me. Help me to understand that I am in your thoughts. I'm in your prayers. I'm in, I'm in your heart. I know that you're with me. Had to been difficult for David. Many of you are, are in a David moment. You know that God has called you to do what it is that you're doing. You know he's laid hands on you. He's got his hand on you. It didn't always feel good. Some, some different sickness. Things happen and we don't understand why. I don't know why uh, uh, 
things go the way they go. But he was anointed. He realized he was there all the time. Thank you, bro. Let's give Cam a hand. He was there all the time. Let's deal with this process. While back date. When he sent them out to tend the sheep, I have to add this. After he anointed him, David had a post-dated anointing. Almost like a post-dated check. Imagine Christ writing you a big check. Don't cash this till Monday. Or next Friday. Gotta wait. You know it's there. Just can't cash it yet. That's what David had. Post-dated anointing. Look at this process. You can get a glimpse of what God is doing through you by seeing what he's doing in you. You can get a glimpse of what God is doing through you by seeing what he's doing in you. David fight with the giants. Like I said, it started in the field while he was protecting the sheep. During this process, he had to get wisdom. Proverbs 4 and 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding. We have to understand that wisdom is not genetic. It's not. I'm sorry to bust some of our bubbles if you thought you were born with wisdom. Sorry you wasn't. Or the Bible wouldn't say get it. Not my words. It's in the scripture. David had to get it. You need wisdom. Wisdom is the ability. Listen to this. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. It's the ability to recognize difference. Difference in people. Difference in a moment. Difference in an environment. Difference in people. Difference in a moment. Difference in an environment. David had to get wisdom while he was tending sheep. Well, it don't matter who came to anoint him. When the bear came, he would have been done. Am I right? I want to talk to you briefly about fear. Because it's important. Here it is. We have David who I told you he was serving. David was what I like to call a commuter. Any of you ever had people who went to college but they didn't dorm? They didn't stay, they didn't board there. They stayed at home and just drove back and forth to school. They were commuting. Well, that's what David was, and I'll prove it. When he, when he got sent to serve the king by playing the harp, he was commuting back and forth still to help his father to tend the sheep. And it was in his servanthood that he went from the field to the front line. And I'll prove it. He's in the field. He's serving. His father tells him, take ten loaves. He wanted him to bring him bread. He wanted to bring him cheese. He said, listen, listen. I care about those boys, your brothers. They're in this, they're in this war. I care about them. Listen, I need for you to take this to them and also not only feed them. Watch this. He said, feed their commander. Not only did he say feed them, not only did he say feed their commander, but he told them, he said, listen, bring back word of assurance that my boys are okay. So he goes from the field 
to the front line. He had no clue that while tending sheep and while playing the harp, he was getting ready to be elevated, watch this, in a blink of an eye. An elevation to go higher than an original level, to go up one. See, serving. He had no clue that bringing bread and cheese would give him the opportunity to face a giant. It wasn't on his radar. It was in his heart to just serve. He was, he was, he was comfortable with just making sure that daddy and the king was all right. He comes to the front line. Many of us, we're serving. We go through this process, and this is why we have to get wisdom, because in the blink of an eye, we are able to jump from the field to the front line. We're able to go from one place to another immediately. Many people say, well, what are you talking about? I've been going through my situation lefty for years. You have no clue. I've been here forever and this and that. Listen, David was anointed at 16. He didn't get the opportunity until he was 30. His process was lengthy. And what we have to understand is that our process don't look the same. It don't taste the same. It don't even digest the same. It goes in and through and comes out whichever way it wants to. I don't know about you, but I, I like corn. And my wife likes corn. Shanifa loves corn. And when we eat corn, sometimes I don't really want to eat it because when you go, when it's processed, you know, I don't want to discuss none of you, but when it's processed, you still see it the way you, it was on the plate. <laughs> so... So the process is a little different. And he gets to the front line and you know, I don't know about you, but if, if someone told me, I want you to go down to Iraq or Afghanistan and check on your brother and bring word and let me know he's okay. I don't think I'd be eager to listen to my father and be obedient and say, I'm going to the war zone. See, David put his life on the line. Serving. And we talk about fear. So he goes, let, let, let me show you a clip on fear just really quickly before I even get ahead of myself. Just pay close attention. Before you hit play, can you uh, make it full screen for me? No, that's the wrong one. I wasn't that embarrassed. Hit the, uh, hit, okay, you got it. Hit the DVD menu right here. Hit that real quick. There you go. Scene selection. Mm-hmm. Next arrow. The arrow. Yeah. And where's that? Hit it again. Right there. Number 12. Your attitude's like the aroma of your heart. Can we turn it up a little bit? If your attitude stinks, it means your heart's not right. Sure, let's pray to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. What? How's your attitude, Brock? It's fine. Then you'll be okay with the death crawl, right? Oh. All right, everybody on the goal line. Get your partner. Let's go. All right, let's go. Show me, show me. 
jump to 10 yards. Move it, move it. Let's go, let's go, Matt. Let's go, let's go, Jonathan. Show me something. 10 yards. Show me some power. No knees. Keep your knees off the ground. Show me something. There we go. 10 yards. Show me some muscle. Show me some power. Give me some heart. Let's go. Very good, boy. Very good. Let's run it back. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. 50. I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not another 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. I ain't done. I'm just resting a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit, no! Keep going, keep going, keep going!
Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on, Brock! Two more! One more! Let's go to the city. Let's go to the city. I'll hurry, Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Everybody like that? Fear is faith in the wrong direction. He was complaining that he had to try to get to the 50-yard line with a 140-pound guy on his back. If we played it a little longer, the kid actually corrects him and says, Coach, I actually weigh 190. He went 100 yards. Christ cannot show up in our life until we prove to be weak, until we prove and we say, Listen, I can't do this. I've been fooling with myself. I need for you to do it. That doesn't mean you show your weakness and give up. That coach, the Holy Spirit is a lot like that coach. Your very best. Your very best. Come on. Don't you quit on me. Don't you quit on me. Yes, you can. Let's go. Yes, yeah. He told him, you better negotiate with your body and find strength to keep going. <sighs> Powerful. Holy Spirit is letting us know. You better negotiate with your spirit. And find a way to keep going. I'm sure that helped somebody today. I'm sure if that helped you, we ought to give God praise on that. I'm sure that helped somebody today. Negotiate with your spirit to find a way to keep going. Because I promise you, you got to figure out who you choose to listen to. Because if that was the enemy, he wouldn't say keep going. He'd say, you better quit. He's sitting there. He's barking in your ear. He's lying to you. He's the father of lies, the father of accusers, telling you, you cannot do it. You cannot win. Back down, bow. You defeat it. You fall and it's over. But Christ is saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I know what your past look like. I know all about the abortion. That's why I went to the cross. That's why I went to Calvary. That's why I allowed them to whoop me all night long. That's why I didn't surrender that's why I didn't call down an army when they came to arrest me because I knew there'd be some problems, some situations that you guys needed me to step in for you, to restore and resurrect and elevate for you and take you to a higher level. I know you're weak. I know you can't do it, but that's why I'm God. Amen. Somebody ought to get excited about that, man. I get excited about it. Fear is faith in the wrong direction. Watch what we speak. And hold to what we believe. Because words decide who you trust. Words are doors or walls. Hear me in the spirit. Words are doors. And doors swing. 
Open and close. Words are doors or they're walls. Words decide who you trust. That's why you got to stay out of your head and stay in the word, stay in your in, in prayer. Stay talking to the Holy Spirit. When, when Ivan and Isabel was here, she talked about, she has conversations with Jesus all the time. Okay, Jesus, come on. Whenever you're ready, all right. Words decide who you trust. And if you let the enemy keep telling you you're sorry and telling you you're nobody and telling you, uh, uh, reminding you of things that your father did to you or your mother did to you, your sister did to you, your cousin or brother, then, then you, you, you give in. Words birth and words kill. They birth and they kill. Every relationship has been destroyed through words. Think about it. Somebody was your best friend. You grew up together. But you don't talk anymore. Because somewhere down the line, somebody said the wrong thing. And that made them cut them off. That sister, that brother. Every relationship has been birthed through words. God runs the universe with his mouth. You don't believe me? In the beginning. Word was God. The word was with God. Let there be light. Let there... No, he, 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 he wasn't up there with a hammer hanging the sun. He wasn't up there with a hammer hanging the moon. He spoke it. And that day that he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And that day when he snatched the keys because it's already defeated. We just stand in the doorway between two kingdoms. And that kingdom is defeated because the kingdom of God has come to give us strength. Amen? Amen. We must have faith in God and not faith in fear. So let's get back. Let's deal with elevation. And I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. I know you guys are probably bored and I'm taking too long and I apologize, but I'm wrapping this up. But so here it is. He's serving. Let's get back to David. He's bringing the bread, the cheese and all this other stuff. And he comes to the brother. So come here, you two. Come here, David. And you're bringing what you have for the brother. And, and the scripture says that the brother, watch this. The brother was very upset with David. Because when he realized that this giant was coming out, the scripture says morning and night. Running his mouth. <laughs> Any of you got some, 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 some issues that, that we should be running, but it seems as though it's running you. It's just running its mouth. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, you think that situation going to change? Oh, no, it's not. That Philistine is running that mouth. Oh, you think you won't be healed? Oh, no, you won't. And that devil is a liar. So here it is. He's trying to serve. His brother says, you know, I know you. You arrogant guy. What are you doing here? You little guy, what are you doing here? David says, the scripture says, David said, well, can I talk? (laughs) Can I speak? Can I tell you I was fine with serving? I was fine with being in the house, playing the harp. I was even okay with commuting. It was miles away from where daddy was. I had to walk, lonely walk. Didn't have the nice shoes. I had these sandals and these, these rocks. And I'm worrying about what people, is any animal going to jump out? Any, anybody going to jump out and hurt me? It's a lonely walk back to daddy house. But I was fine because once I got there, I got a chance to serve again. I was fine with that. 
But while I'm here, let me tell you what I would do. Oh, you be quiet, David. You close your mouth. You shut up. Then all of a sudden, come here, Chelsea. Stay right here. Chelsea wasn't involved in the situation, but she overheard what was going on. So what she ended up doing was, she ended up coming over, stand up for me, back to the king to tell the king what happened. Thank you. (laughs) The king got word, and the scripture says that the king sent for David. He sent for him and wanted to hear what was going on. Is this true, what, what Chelsea told me? Must be true. Chelsea's someone who's within my kingdom. She works for me, so I know she wouldn't lie to me. Yes, it's true. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. Okay, here, let me show you what I want you to do. Thank you. Here, man, I want you to... Here, you're going to need this. Let me just give you some things you're going to need. Here you go. Let me just... There you go. It's pretty big, but that's okay. I just want you to... Let me... Let me get you right, man. No, no, you won't. Listen, man. You won't be needing that. I need you to take that off. Yeah, take, yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't need that, bro. Don't worry. See? These huge size 15 slippers. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You just, I want you to, yeah. Okay? And here, here you go. I need you to take this with you. All right? Freeze. Now, how crazy does Cameron look? He's got a huge robe on. He doesn't wear no size 15. What size do you wear? 11. He's got a sword. David don't know nothing about no sword. He's been serving. David tried to walk and he couldn't. He didn't even feel comfortable. It didn't even feel right to him. Watch this. You cannot, hear me, you cannot wear someone else's armor. Because David had everything he needed when he was 16 when he anointed him. Even though it didn't look like it, he had everything he needed for the 15 years later of which the day of elevation would be presented. So therefore, David had to shake himself loose and say, Mm-mm, I don't need this. Go ahead, kick those slippers off. I don't need that. You can have that. I don't need any of that. Come here. He said, but let me tell you, I'm pretty good with a slingshot. And if a bear or lion would, they in some big trouble. Don't worry, it's not loaded. They in some big trouble. So here we go. He gets what he's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. The next thing that's critically important to this elevation is very important, Sarah. Are you with me? It's very important. The next thing that's critical to this elevation, Mary, is that your ammo, you can't use what the person to the left of you would use. Your rock may not be this size, may not even be this color. You know, we used to go down to a place called Liberty Park, and they call it Liberty Park because if you get in a boat and go a little further, you'll come to Statue of Liberty. And we'd go down there, my granddad would park and let us get out, and we'd get the uh, uh, what do they call it? Rock, you know, you toss the rock, you get the rock skipping. And we get to just, and it'd be some of the most beautiful rocks. You know, so, some of them were pearly white, some of them were stonish, some of them, you know. And they come in all kinds of sizes. 
You can't use what Marianne would use. You can't use what Lynn would use. You can't use what Amy would use. You have to use what God has already put in you when he anointed you. Don't allow fear. So he picks his weapon, which we won't let load. We'll just show. He picks his weapon and he's ready. The scripture says this. Stand right here. I want you to stop at the ladder. I want you to run when I say go. The scripture says this. He ran to the front line. He ran and met the giant. He didn't think about it. He wasn't worried about it. Why? Because when he was serving, he was also being processed. When he was serving, he was getting ready. God allowed things to happen in the areas of his life which made him seem like he was defeated in order to face the giant. He had the bear attack when it seemed like it didn't feel right. Oh my God, I can't feel you. Where are you? And he says, look down, there's a rock. Oh my God, I'll use this. He's dead. Lion approaches again. Oh my God. And that's what we do. God deliver us and we don't hold on to what he's given us in the past. We, he deliver us. Problems come again. We complain again. We cry again. We pout again. God, where are you? I can't find you. Oh my God. Oh my God. My, 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 my. All over again. He ran to the front line to face that giant. And I promise you, if you do what Cameron just did, if you do like David just did, if you run to that front line to face that giant, many of us, thank you, you can have a seat. Many of us got to do this. Let me show you something. Micron, I need you to hold that for me. Many of us, when we're running to the front line of problems in our life, we got to get on it and we got to be willing to climb it. And sometimes areas in our life strike us so bad. Sometimes it knock us down so bad. Sometimes it feels like I cannot feel who I am in the kingdom. I know I'm a queen. I know I'm a king. I know that's my daddy. But sometimes I can't feel him in the areas of my life. But I promise you, every time the enemy strikes a blow, it seems like we want to retreat. But I promise you, if we just stay on the ladder. I hope that helps somebody. If we just stay on that ladder and keep on climbing and keep on climbing and face the giant. And here's the key point. When you face the giant in your life, you have to know that you know that you know that you know that it is time to take the shot. It's time to say, I'm not taking this no more. They're not going to be yelling every morning, every night. He seemed as if though he was intimidating. And as early in the video, when David stepped out, the giant began to laugh. How long will we allow giants in our life to laugh at us and look at us as if they're my little baby boy, Caleb? Oh, cute little thing. Oh, goody goo. Oh, yeah, you are. And we allow the enemy to look at us like that. You've got to take out your slingshot and say, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Take the shot. Take the shot. we got to take the shot. we got to contend for the things in our life, things in this church, things in this city. No longer will we allow that giant to keep trying to talk junk about addiction and hurt and sickness. 
we got to take the shot and say, if God be for us, he's more than a whole world who could ever be against us. Take the shot. Take the shot. You got to take the shot. Many of you saying, Lefty, that sounds good. And you sound very passionate. But that's just not me. I'm of age. I'm retired now. And I'm kind of enjoying retirement. And uh, that's not me. Well, I got you too. If Christ ever reached the age of point of retirement on us, we'd be lost. If Christ ever decided to take a lunch break or a 15 minute break as if you're at work, we're in trouble. If he ever decided to go on holiday, we'd be in trouble. Let the trumpets blow. Let them blow in our life. We got to take the shot. And as I come to a close, I apologize if I went over a little. We have to understand that when David became king, he wasn't even trying to. He couldn't even, he, he, he couldn't escape it. I'll prove it to you. He'd go out and he'd, he'd fight, serving for Saul. And the crowds begin to cheer. You killed this amount, but David killed that amount. Sometimes when you're ready to serve and you're ready to be processed and you're ready to face the giant and you're ready to take the shot, people will begin to see the hand of God on your life. You have to be in a place where you're confident and know who you are in yourself and know who you are in Christ so that when you take the shot, you're okay with no matter what other people say. This bothered the king because he was of age. (laughs) I don't move the way I used to. He didn't understand that David just wanted to serve. He had no point intended of even trying to be king. He just was good with being a great servant. And then he has his friend, Jonathan. He's telling him, he's saying, what are you talking about, dad? Dave, David would never, what are you? And he said, oh, you trying to come against me too? Are you taking sides here? What is going on here? Don't be afraid to take the shot. Can the worship team come up for me, please? Don't be afraid to take the shot. Micron, can you move this ladder for me? Just move it out. I just want to move it out of Walter's way. Just out of, out of his way so he can come over. Thank you. There are things in our life. Can I have that? Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate you. There's things in our life that happens and I... I, I I wish I can explain things. Bless when they come, bless when they go. Bless when they live, bless when they die. You may say, Lefty, that sounds good, but you don't know what I've been through in my life. Okay, let me, let me level the playing field for you. Just so you can understand just how, how authentic I'm trying to be. Well, when I was a globetrotter, I was in Germany. I was entertaining the U.S. troops in the game. In Luxembourg, on the base. And I got a phone call from a woman on the other end who was crying. And her name happens to be Shanifa. And I said, well, what's wrong? My wife never bothers me before a show because I got to get into character. Never. Maybe a text message, but she'd never call me. If she did, it's always before I left the hotel. I get a phone call. She had itinerary, had hotel numbers. She had arena numbers. She had my international phone number. 
tour manager comes to me, says, telephone. I get the phone, she's crying. I say, baby, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Nothing? What's wrong? We, we lost the baby, and they want to do surgery. Now, I'm, I'm going to be sensitive to this, but I need you guys to understand just how on a level playing field, when I talk about blessed when they come and blessed when they go, it's real in my life. Because I've been through some hurt that I just cannot understand. But I know we serve a God who is able to, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And I said, well, can you wait until I get home? I can get someone to get me to a flight now. She said, let me let you talk to the doctor. The doctor said, Mr. Williams, I don't have time to talk with you. I don't know if she has an hour to live. I said, may I please speak to her really quickly? He put her back on the phone and she said, it is well with my soul. I love you. And I said, baby, I'll talk to you soon. I hung up with her and I had to turn around after that conversation and do a game for a sellout crowd of 30,000 people with my wife laying on the operating table. And I said, God, I trust you with this. Because at the end of the day, you are still God. Obviously, she came out of the surgery okay. She went in the hospital with two and come home with one herself. I come home immediately as soon as I can. And when I get home, we had been preparing for baby. So I like this idea in Canada where you have the baby shower afterwards. I wish Americans would do that, but that's not how we do it. So I come home to this room and I had been preparing. I had been everywhere sending stuff home. And in the room, there's areas of things So many things for my baby boy. But I had no baby boy. But I said, Lord, I thank you because what I do have is my wife and my daughter, Kiara. And although it still hurt, I trusted him. And a year later, he gave me my son and he said, name him Elisha. Which means God is God. It hurts, but God is God. I lost my grandfather at the wrong time in my life when I needed him most. But God is God. When Caleb just was born, the cord was wrapped around his neck and bent in half. They had to do an emergency C-section on my wife. But God is God. Father, when we win, I praise you. And when we lose, Josh, I praise you. But every chance I get, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And let out into his courts with praise. Because if I lose everything, I still got my praise. If I lose everything, I still got my worship because I'm willing to face the giant. And when I get a chance, Emma, I'm going to take the shot because I know he's with me. Amen. I don't know what you may be going through today, but as they sing that song, Heart, whatever you need, I'm going to ask for Lynn. And somebody, please, I don't care who she's with, someone exchange her out. I need someone to get Tish. Because we need strong people who are willing to say, I'm going to serve and I'm going to pray for you. And I believe we have anointed people in the house. Anointed people in the house. To throw us into a new level, into what we need in God. Amen.